The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. And today we're going to hear about how Zynga is changing up the ad world. You've heard a lot about Netflix. You've heard a lot about advertising channels. But have you heard about these in-game apps? They're everywhere. Join us is Gabriel Heyman, who is the global head of brand partnerships at Zynga. Okay, I have a whole long thing I'm supposed to read here about Zynga. They own like everything. If you've ever played a game on your phone, you've probably seen a Zynga. They have CSR Racing, Dragon Cities, Empires and Puzzles, Farmville, Golf Rival, Hair Challenge, Harry Potter, Puzzles and Spells, High Heels, like basically I have kids and they're playing these games all the time. They're in 175 countries and regions. They even have the ability to optimize programmatic advertising that yields at scale with Chartboost, a leading mobile advertising and monetization platform. Founded in 2007, Zynga headquartered in California with locations in North America, Europe, and Asia. Okay, Zynga ruling the world on in-game mobile apps You've got some crazy technology on the advertising side, which obviously I'm psyched about. So again, today, Gabrielle is going to discuss how Zynga is changing up the advertising industry with mobile ads, with a bunch of tech and a bunch of targetability. So I'm excited to have you. Let's get into it. Sounds good, Scott. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, okay, I talked about this a little bit earlier and... I actually wrote a LinkedIn article about this and, and uh, I was pretty pumped when Netflix was like, all right, time to get in the ad business. We, we knew it was coming. You guys have been in the ad business a long time. As we know, everything's on mobile. Like, what do you think about that audience on mobile? Like, what have you guys seen that's worked? I want to hear some about this technology of targetability and tell us all about it. Like, this is really cool stuff. Obviously, you have a very engaged user. So I want to hear all about it. Yeah. Gaming is not all that different from streamers and ad-supported streamers. In fact, there's a lot of commonalities, I would say, because, you know, a lot of platforms, for example, like Hulu, you have an option to pay to avoid all ads, or I think they have like a middle range of pay and some ads or just all ad-supported, right? And so for the games business, and here today, we're specifically talking about mobile, which is the largest sector in the gaming business, it you know, there are in-app purchases. I guess that's one of the ways that you can pay. There's also subscriptions like Apple Arcade, for example, and then there's ad-supported. And sub ten percent of people are are making in-app purchases in-game. So of course it 
totally makes sense to monetize all of these other players through ads. And I think that there's a lot of people that prefer to keep their money in their pocketbook and grind it out in games. And there's a value exchange of, you know, I'm playing this free entertainment experience in exchange I'm seeing ads. So I think consumers are really comfortable with that model. And it's been established for many, many years. I've been at Zynga, I keep on saying nine years, but it's actually almost 10 years. I think in January, it'll be a decade of my life at this company, which I love. I love, and it's just so much fun being here and seeing the industry change so much. But, you know, we've been selling ads since I've been here and before I got here. So it's a pretty well-established machine. I think maybe one could say that Netflix is a little bit late to the game, you know, but I think that at Zynga and probably at some of these other platforms that have partially subscription-based and partially ad ad revenue generating, you probably make more money overall, more revenue overall, right, with subs. But advertising is a major, majorly important source of revenue for all of these companies. So, What surprised you most about the audience and purchasing habits when they're playing these games? And we're talking about mobile specifically. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I think other people are surprised because I mean, I've been doing this a long time. Earlier in my career, I spent five years at EA. And even then, I would say the audience back then was really similar to what the audience is now, meaning there's basically a game for everyone. And, you know, mobile skews female. So on the whole, mobile gaming has a slight index towards females. And just like console has an index towards males, but there are men that play mobile games and there's women that play console games. Back when I was at EA, it was the pre, pre-iPhone days, right? It was like when there was like the Blackberry, man, I love that keyboard, right? And like back in those days, it was web games. Web games were the version of mobile games and those skewed females. So I think it's been a long time where there was this stereotype that, you know, a gamer is a, a young male in the parents' basement, but it hasn't been true for a really long time. And I think that, you know, I talk about this thing, this a lot, like one of the misconceptions really is about self-identity. And a lot of people who play mobile games like every single day don't consider themselves a gamer, probably because they too are confused at what does it mean to be a gamer? And they think it's like the person with the PS5, but actually we define a gamer as people that are playing games, no matter where where they're doing it. So. so you have major brands that do partnerships with you. I think we talked earlier before the podcast, Maybelline did a campaign with you guys that was it was pretty cool and, and, and pretty new and out of the box. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're actually live with that campaign right now. It's uh, mid-September 2022 as I record this. And that campaign is live right now. I, I really love that campaign because for a number of reasons. So one, I alluded to it before, gaming is mass market entertainment. It's bigger than movies and music combined. It, for Gen Z, is the preferred form of entertainment. And TV and movies are way down the list. And every generation games, even baby boomers, but the younger you are, the more you're doing it. And I think Maybelline identified that. They saw that we're a mass market brand. You you can get Maybelline New York mascara at any retailer, pretty much, right? From Walmart to CVS to Walgreens, et cetera, down the line. And they wanted to partner with an entertainment platform that was also mass market. And so we collaborated with them 
on a game. We gamified their brand. We gamified mascara. So we have a studio in-house called Studio E. They are a game studio dedicated to brands. So they're based in Singa, Toronto, which also houses a lot of our game teams. For example, Words with Friends has a really big crew in Toronto making games. So they sit aside our game studios and they make games for clients. And one of um, the games they made was this mascara match game for Maybelline. So you're basically, it's like a, a classic match three. You match, you make different matches and it showcases three different mascara brands. And then of course, when you finish the game, you there's a video where you kind of see more about the campaign and the product attributes and you can go ahead and buy right there. So that's something that we've done for Maybelline. And also we have a suite of beauty games. So there's also a lot of contextual relevancy. So we have games like High Heels and Hair Challenge or these fashion beauty games. And so we're also placing this Maybelline game within our beauty category, fashion category. So that is genius. I mean, I I have a daughter who's eight years old and she loves these games. So having a brand be with her during that experience, I totally get that. That's, and the fact that, so it sounds like you guys like created this app and this gamification game for Maybelline within your environment, which was super comfortable with your customers. Yeah, well, well, our strategy has been to bring the brand to where the audience already is. So we don't make a bespoke standalone app for Maybelline. We don't do that. We make a game experience that's actually served in an ad unit. So I know we're going to speak about that a bit today. Uh, It's called a playable So, um, I mean, you could also call it a mini game, but the ad speak word for it is a playable. So it is like a 30 second engaging experience for the brand. And so for Maybelline, like I said, we're serving it in this contextually relevant titles that have the audience and the theme that they're going after. And so we have built games like this for quite some time for many, many different brands. So everything from telco to insurance, to entertainment, to consumer packaged goods. And we're really, really bullish on this this type of, of engagement for brands. That's, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I can remember when banner ads first started and we're like, oh, how do we get these cooler? Like these kind of suck, they don't convert. And then it was like, oh, we're going to do like rich media. And, oh, we're going to do like things that play. And then we're going to like, oh, we're going to have little mini kind of games that move around. But you guys, like this is another level and you you, you guys have such experience doing that. What an incredible opportunity for a brand. And everybody's trying to figure out gaming and esports and this. And then you hear all these numbers that are just kind of mind-boggling. I forget about a female demographic. That kind of blew my mind. That, that was probably surprises a lot of people in terms of a gaming demographic. Is there, is there anything else... I mean, you wouldn't be surprised, but maybe other people would be surprised about how things convert in in an in-game environment or even the demographic or even playable trends or where they play. Is there any other like interesting consumer data or, or insights you could provide the audience that are maybe interesting or surprising? Absolutely. I mean, Nuzinga is a very sophisticated company in terms of advertising and serving advertisers. So we have everything from banners to video to playables, like we were just talking about, to deep integrations in our game. So, I mean, I'm like a fan long live the banner. (laughs) And I see a lot of our retail and CPG partners 
really lean on the banner. It's still an extremely popular and effective ad unit. In terms of audience and what's effective and what's working out there, I mean, the I think what's women are in many, just like men are in many, they're consuming media in a lot of different places, right? They're gaming, they're watching TV, they're on social sites, they're listening to podcasts and music. There's a lot of options. There's actually an infinite amount of options. And when you're a sales executive like me, you spend a lot of your time thinking of how to stand out from the clutter. And like the one, you know, there's a lot of really special aspects of gaming and and why it's important for brands to to reach audiences in gaming and you know one of them is we are the rare like stress free zone basically right so it's like you're watching news there's so much stress and negativity same on social either there's like people pushing agendas or FOMO, like, why are I not in Italy this summer with my kids? Like, what's wrong with me? You know, a lot of just kind of stress, like Zynga, you know, we don't accept political advertising. We really try to be a place where people can come and blow off steam. So this environment creates people that are really open to ad messages and the type of consumer that's in this environment. We've done a lot of studies. We've worked with NRG and YouGov. And of course, partners like Comscore have a lot of like psychographic info on our players. And what we're seeing is that Gamers are amazing consumers. We actually just did a study on a new genre of gaming called hyper-casual. So typically mobile games are called casual games. And in the past couple of years, a subgenre has emerged called hyper-casual. And those are defined as like super, super easy to play games. They're kind of TikTok games. I think that's the best way to describe them. You're in and out, like they're very fast experiences. And so we did the first ever study on like the archetype of this hyper-casual player. And what we found is that they're hyper-engagers. So they are more likely than average gamers to have consoles, to have a VR said headset, to go to movies opening weekend, to like have NFTs and crypto. So these people are great targets for brands. They are savvy. They're the ones ordering their groceries from apps. Like, you know, they do a lot of purchases from their phone and they do a lot of purchases from seeing an ad in a gaming environment and actually converting to purchase. And part of it is just because of that mindset of the gamer. Like they are in chill zone, they have time and they have time to explore things like, you know, making purchases in the middle and pausing their entertainment experience to make a purchase. I love that. Wow. That's, I guess, as you think about a gaming audience, like the, the, the stereotype, I mean, that that's what I'm hearing just over and over again. And, and like you have casual or hypercat, like these different variety of gamers who wouldn't even consider themselves gamers. What do you think, and again, this is a marketing podcast and people, you know, we have a lot of marketers that listen to this and, and, and who are on this. Where are marketers getting it wrong with mobile audiences, in, in your opinion? Well, I mean, I think that some people are just not even in participating in mobile. And being in, um, in mobile in-app, there's certain limitations, I would say, that And when I say limitations, like the cookie, you know, there's not really a cookie in the mobile app environment. And, you know, there's a lot of like, it's like a drug addict, like a targeting drug addict addicted to the cookie, right? And Google keeps on pushing and pushing the deprecation of it. But, you know, that time is a coming. And so what we've seen in the mobile app world is it's a little bit ahead of the curve already. We've seen 
iOS 14 from Apple and the, you know, opting out of tracking that everyone who's got an Apple device has seen when they download apps. And so, so some people like that, they just are, are like ostriches are putting their head in the sand a little bit and are opting for the easier kind of way, which is like really being reliant on a, on a cookie environment and following and retargeting users. So, but the thing is, is that mobile is ubiquitous. Like you sleep with the phone next to you. You travel with the phone. You're on the subway with the phone. You're on the airplane with the phone. You're like waiting for your kid to pick up in the line with the phone. So you can't ignore. I mean, mobile is, mobile has surpassed time spent. Like digital has surpassed TV and within digital, mobile is a sub-segment, sub-segment of digital and mobile has surpassed that. So, you know, there's only so long that you can put off getting involved. And then when you look at what people are doing on their mobile device, like gaming is a huge, huge nut of what they're actually doing. That makes total sense. I almost think there is like a media buyer bias at times where I can remember like five years ago, it was like, Oh, we don't want mobile impressions, right? And then, and then all of a sudden, three years ago, Facebook's cost per click, cost per impression, you know, doubled and even tripled. And so, I think people get comfortable with what they get comfortable. And then now, influencers are like the, the latest craze of like, how do we do influencer partnerships? And people are like, wait, is this person representing my brand <laughs> at some level? And you're doing a thousand influencers a month, and and you think they're like rolling up to a brand promise. Yeah. But I man, I, I couldn't agree with you more about, about mobile and the loyalty that somebody would have in that environment and the the proximity for sales and action. Definitely. And I also like what you alluded to on the influencer thing. A lot of brands, for example, PG, like they were dabbling in gaming, I'd say pretty early on for the CPG category. And brand safety is really important to them. And the fact that when you're with a publisher like Zynga, we control like every aspect of the user experience. And so there's just high levels of brand safety, low levels of fraud, you know, high levels of metrics that they're looking for, like viewability and things like that, that make it a really, really great option. It's actually a very safe option. But I think because of the issues that we discussed previously, a lot of people not considering themselves a gamer, for some reason, it hasn't made it into the media mix modeling with brands yet. And that's something that I, you know, I'm evangelizing for every day. That's why I'm here today, Scott. And, um, and because, you know, people like when they do consumer insights and they're like, where are my consumers spending most of their time? So I want to reach them where they are. And if they're not considering themselves a gamer, then that might be a blind spot. So like my new thing for brands as a suggestion, a takeaway suggestion is don't say like, are you a gamer? Say, do you play games on your mobile phone and how often? Because the like a really significant percentage of people with mobile devices are playing daily on their phone and they're playing with their kids daily. Like you mentioned that and there, it's just a really big part of their, of their life. That makes so much sense. We're going to, we, we got a lot to get into, especially you talked a little about brand safety. We talked about ad fraud. Uh, there's a lot going on that wraps up this episode of the rebrand podcast. Thanks again to Gabrielle Heyman, Global Head of Brand Partnerships for Zynga. And again, thank you for joining us. In part two of this interview, we'll publish tomorrow, where Gabrielle and I are going to discuss, again, how Zynga is battling this tired gaming stereotype. We talked about it a little bit in the first episode. I think we can dive into that. I think it's a great point. I also want to dive into a little bit of, around ad fraud and ad safety. I think we can talk a little more about influencers. So if you can't wait till our next episode, you'd like to learn more about Gabrielle, 
you'll find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit her company website at www.zynga.com. That's Z-Y-N-G-A.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to the rebrandpod.com where we will have summaries of all the episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter or if you want to talk about your most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Rebrand Podcast. Of course, you can always find us on social media. Our handle is at rebrandpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly on my Twitter at SharkyAZ or Instagram at Scott Harkey. If you hadn't subscribed yet and want daily stream of marketing and campaign brilliance in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll take you back in your feed at the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, remember it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.